G'day guys and girls and welcome to the Extended Bench Podcast's first episode for season 2021. My name's Christian and as always I'm joined on the other side of the desk by my mate Matt. Hey, how you going? And we've got a special guest in this week. He's a friend of the podcast. He's been on a fair few times in the past. Brody, thanks for joining us today, mate. Very happy to be here and very happy to criticize each other <laughs> your selections. And I'm not looking forward to you guys doing the same to me. So here we go. It's all you do when you come onto the podcast is just criticize our selections. Just uh, show us up as the uh, the self-proclaimed experts we are. I feel like you two get along too well. There's not enough, you know, not enough just combative. I, mean, I, yeah. I try to argue a little bit, but... Sometimes I just can't be bothered as well. I love that you're complaining about the lack of friction on the podcast. That's, what, a... I, that's what I tune in for. <laughs> All right. Well, for anyone else tuning in for the drama out there, we are going to be going through our salary cap teams, our very early stage salary cap teams in today's podcast. We're really excited to be back. It has been a long break since we've been doing the podcast, so we can't wait to get into it. What we're going to be doing is breaking down our early teams line by line. So we'll go through the defenders the mids, the rucks, and the forward lines uh, for all three of us. And then we'll sort of pick out a few PODs that we've selected. Um, we'll go through some of the similarities, some of the big differences, and where we've been spending our money. Now, we haven't revealed our teams to each other yet, so this is all going to be coming it's as a bit of a surprise. All authentic. <laughs> so any criticism that's leveled at us by Brody is coming at us off the cuff, so... <laughs> Uh, just pre- be were, uh, prepared for that. Um, and I think we may as well dive straight in because this is going to be a pretty in-depth podcast. Yep. We've got a lot it. to talk about. Uh, so we'll go through the defensive line, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start and then we'll go around the uh, room. We've got, uh, for me, Rory Laird. Uh, I've got Jeremy Howe uh, at number two. Zach Williams at number three. Uh, I, it drops off then with Isaac Cumming. Uh, I've got Lockie Young at number five from the, for the Kangaroos. Uh, Tom Highmore for the Saints. Uh, and then my bench is Will Gould and Trent Bianco just sitting there as little 170k players. How about yourself? Uh, Brody, we'll go, go to you so you don't have to abuse Matt first. Okay, so it's, it's somewhat similar to start. Um, I also have Rory Laird. D1, mm-hmm. um, Zach Williams at D2, Wayne Malera at D3, Ooh. Isaac Cumming also at D4, although I could see that changing, um, D5, Hayden Young, Tom Highmore also, and then I have Will Gould and Jacob Weir on the bench. Mm, I like it. All right, Maddie, over to you. Alrighty. Uh, also some similarities. Um, I've got Laird as well. I've got Williams as well. I have uh, Millera as well. Uh, I haven't gone coming. I've got Ash. Um, I've got Highmore. I have Shoal. And then on my bench, I have Young from the Ruse and Chapman from Frio. Oh, so you spent up with Chapman on the bench. Yeah, and well, that's probably a good segue. There's a few rookies that I've got where I've gone for the more expensive ones mm. as placeholders. So if uh, if Chapman plays round one, I'll be stoked because I think he's going to be a great player and he apparently he smashed it in the um, intra-club. But if he doesn't play because he's so expensive, I can swap him out for someone cheaper, bank the cash and use it somewhere else. And I've done that in a few places throughout my and team. I think that's a really important note that Matt's put out there. Um, the amount of teams I kind of see wasting their time to an extent with Luke Valente, for example, is 31% owned. And there is no way he's even getting close to a game round one. He's not even going to be in their best 
probably 30 players. So um, Trent Bianco I actually feel probably similarly about, but I get it more so if he's a bench option. You can just, Mm -hmm. um, you know... um, dump him for someone else but especially people I see putting them on the field and relying on these guys you're going to have to save 100k 130k from elsewhere to replace that Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like it is a true reflection of what your team will look like round one you're just putting yourself into a false sense of security yeah you're asking for trouble when and especially this year where they're not going to have team selections all come out on Thursday and it's going to be more rolling that's a great round one it's going to be you're going to have some nervous waits for those Sunday teams Mm -hmm. if you're relying on 170k rookies to play on Sunday totally agree I did not get used to that last year it's going to be real struggle not having all of the Thursday teams announced. I, I, I didn't mind it too much, but it, because it came in partway through the season, I think starting the season with it, I mean, round one is always real hit and miss for rookies. Mm. And the number of rook, number of times I've been burnt in past years with rookies playing round one and then disappearing for the rest of the season as well, I'm, I'm a bit worried about rookie selection round one, but I think after that, it'll, it'll sort be of balance chaos. out. I didn't actually really take this into consideration too much but if there's someone like Relton Roberts or um, like seri- in all seriousness yeah. Yeah, if he's named round one in that Richmond Colton game on Thursday you're basically going to have to lock him in because mm. you can't rely on some guy when there's 26 players in the Hawthorne squad like are they going to give I don't know Finn McGuinness or like Connor Downey a game yeah. like yeah. it's it's very very risky it's- you know, the Jake Art sort of rule. You just have to select those guys that are in that very first game that are... I mean, you might it might be a little bit more of a risk, especially for Richmond, because some of those guys that are 170K or, or you know, it's, early draftees, uh, Coleman Jones, for example. Actually, Richmond and Carlton that have burnt me in the past as well mm. with that Thursday night game in yeah. past years. So I, I think they've burnt everyone, to be honest. Yeah. So anyway, um, so looking at some of those players, I think we're all happy with Laird, extra midfield minutes. Oh, he's, he's definitely getting And that they've minutes. confirmed that essentially as well. Yeah. He's probably five points under price, but also yeah. safe there. Yeah. So. Likewise, Williams. Yeah, exactly. Williams. Yeah. I think everyone has to start with Williams. It's just a, a non-negotiable. Yeah. Don't think he plays as much midfield as people are touting, but <clears> despite that, it, it doesn't burst. matter. He's, yeah. he's going to be such a great pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else we got? Cumming. So I've gone Ash rather than coming. I think, again, that's kind of more just the dollar thing and just for something a bit of a di- bit different. But depending who's named round one, I think it'll be one or the other and I'll probably go with whoever that is. I am 100% going to watch the GWS preseason game yep. because whoever is taking the majority of the kickouts and appears to have the more fantasy-friendly role mm-hmm. will probably start in my team. One of them will be an exceptional value, maybe yeah. both. And... I think they're both priced at a point where it doesn't matter. Ash is 65k more expensive, and that's the only reason why he's not in my side as opposed to Cummings. So Cummings cheaper. I think if he plays round one, he'll be in the side. If he doesn't, Lockie Ash will definitely be playing round one. I'm sure not in the team anymore. So he would be in my side. I'm confident they both play. I think there's a good chance they both play. Mm Actually, now I think about it more because they've lost Shaw and, and Williams. Williams. Uh, Williams. And Whitfield. Plus, Whitfield looks like he might miss one or two games without yeah. bruised liver. Is that yes. Yes. yeah? Yes, and that's that's an interesting injury. So it's not something that you could quite easily say like most other hamstrings out there. It's a two to three weeker mm. or four to five weeker. That could be. Uh, a long injury, it could be a very, very short one. So yeah. I, I don't want to risk that with On starting that note, Whitfield. Whitfield was locked into my team pre-injury. He was, I think same. He's very underpriced due to that game where he exited 
um, under less than 10 points. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he also played more back with the kickouts towards the end of the year. Yeah, but yeah. he'll be a great upgrade target, I think, early on. Correct. Agreed. All right, for some of the differences, and I, this is a point I raised pre-podcast, is I wanted to see how similar and how diff- mm. or how different our teams might be. And you pitched that our teams would be very different, Brody, but they look pretty similar so far. The I defensive think, line's I a bit more I think defense set. is the easiest line to pick, though. Mm. Totally agree. There's it's a fair. number of guys that pick themselves. It's yeah. So, yeah, it's so hard to overlook. And Highmore's a really good rookie. I'm really... Yeah. And they, yeah. they described him today as, like, um, a right-footed Callum Wilkie, and yeah. they rate Wilkie very highly, mm. especially with um, Ben Patton now out. I'm yes. really confident about Tom Highmore. As soon as Patton Highmore. went out with that broken leg... Highmore went straight into yeah. my side. Same. I don't um, mind him in, like, keeper top-ups... Also Same. fairly early. Like Same. I think he could have a good role. I, I agree. Uh, so some of the differences. So I went Jeremy Howe. Um, mm. Now, I I saw... So in the intra-club, he did very, very well. And he was moving incredibly well. He's underpriced based on just how amazing he was in that first... Well, let's say first third of the season last yes. year. Mm. Um, and he just looked like he was the best defender, fantasy defender in the league to start the year. Um, was, aside great, aside yeah. from Whitfield. Mm. Let's take Whitfield out of the picture there. Yeah. Um, how was far and away one of the best defenders? I think yeah. Christian's brought me back on the podcast just solely because I was one of like 1% of owners who started <laughs> with how last year. Yeah, you don't have to uh, brag yeah. about it. Um, the thing about how he's priced at 88, which is very um, underpriced based on the 107 equivalent he went at last mm. year. However, it's also about his career high. His career high is yeah. 90. So he's coming off a major injury. So yeah. if he comes back at that same level, then absolutely he's underpriced. I'm not 100% he will to start the season. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we can probably afford to give him a couple of weeks to see how he's starting the season and then jump on if he's looks like he's going to bounce back. Agree yeah. with Matt. Like, if he goes 95, yeah, it's a good pick. But that's that's asking a lot from an intercepting kind of player who may play lockdown at times. Yeah. Yeah. Who's come off a major injury that took most of his season. Interesting. Okay. And he's, he's only just really starting to get back into like contact work at training. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad pick per se, but I just think there's so much value in the back line that mm-hmm. I want. There's, there's a lot of guys I like who aren't even in our starting sides, and we can go over them as well. But, yeah. like, yeah... Um, so I think for both of us, we probably replace Howe with um, Millera, Millera, however you want. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it. Um, do you want to? I know he's one of your boys. Do you want to talk about him? You love Millera. Um, yeah, I took him at pick two, and maybe after Sam Walsh um, in a top up keeper draft a couple years ago. Um, although I think the the consensus is probably caught up to Miller in terms of my valuation. I don't think mm. I value him super highly anymore. He's just priced at about fifty seven. And, like, Miller, at worst case, probably goes 75. He's shown an ability in the past when playing halfback to go upwards of 85. Um, so even if, let's say, we pencil him in for 80, I just think that that's... Value. That's value. And he, they, they've liked him in center bounces at times, although I think his best role for fantasy scoring is halfback. I don't know if a Agreed. wing or especially forward of center is good for him at all. Agreed. I'm, I'm hoping that they use him off halfback with bursts through the midfield. Yes. If he doesn't get that role, I'll probably look to move him on reasonably quickly. Agreed. And there's other options around there. None of us touched on him, but someone like James Harms, he's an option. Very um, interesting option. Yeah. And Ash yeah. is another one. I, I, to be honest, I'm probably more keen on Harms in draft formats. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just I don't feel confident picking him in salary cap, which is probably actually counterintuitive in draft. Yeah, it'd be the other way around. I, at least he's he's priced very well for what he can bring to the table. It just depends on what role Melbourne are using him in. And I don't. He mentioned in an interview that he wanted to go back into the midfield, but mm-hmm. I don't see him going back into the midfield because yeah. 
I, um, I, I, they have to kick someone out of there, and who are they kicking out? Brace, uh, Gus. Well, Gus didn't play a ridiculous amount of time in yeah. centre bounces last year. Gus was clearly year. fourth choice. Yeah. Um, so Gus would be moving to the wing. That's the only way. Because mm. Viney, I thought, had an exceptional year under the radar a bit. Absolutely. And um, Petrarca was like, you know, their best player by a long way. Yeah, and who's the other one? Oh, Oliver. 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 Yeah, and so, so those those are the starting three. It, Harms is not forcing his way into that. So he's having to agree. juggle for position with Angus Brayshaw as that fourth sort of mid. Best case, Harms is fourth. And I think he's fifth. That's mm. my personal. Uh, I agree. So you both have Lockie Young. I yep. totally agree. He's a great selection. North targeted him for a reason, very, I very think. Cheap. Um, yeah. He's been in and out of my team. Have no qualms mm. there. Um, the two I want to touch on, like um, the pods, for example. Mm. So Matt has Lockie Scholl, and I have Hayden Young. Christian, do you have thoughts on either of those two? So Lockie Scholl is a very interesting one. I'm not sold on his scoring ability this year. Um, we I, And I'm not 100% sold on his place in the team this year either, mm. specifically. I think that for a keeper player, he's going to be a very, very good selection. But this year for salary cap, I'd need to have a look at their um, uh, preseason game to see where he slots in. Because at best, I think that he takes a a back pocket role um, and and takes more of a defensive role because they bought in some players that they want to play midfield and I don't think that he's going to push up into midfield and I honestly think that Miller is going to slot back into more of a halfback role which is great for you guys because that's the fantasy scoring Mm. role and that's going to take some minutes as an attacking halfback away from Scholl which he had access to last year. I think Scholl plays wing. I reckon he plays attacking halfback with stints on the wing um, I think basically he takes that kind of Laird role, is what I'm envisaging. I think the price is a little awkward. He's 442k. I'd like him to be a bit cheaper, and he's been he's probably the guy that I'm least comfortable with in most of my team, to be honest. Um, and some of it is probably keeper hype that's sort of rolled over into salary cap yeah, for me. He'll go mm-hmm. early in our top I'm ups. I'm so yeah. high on him in keeper <laughs> top ups. Um, I just I just love what I saw of him last year, even when he wasn't scoring. Amazingly, he just looked like he's a fantasy player. Yeah. Um, he went one eleven and ninety in his last two um, before Corona mm-hmm. affected numbers, essentially. So um, they're very, very good numbers for someone priced at four forty k. I'll be interested to see as is uh, Tom Dode going to be up and about yes. for the first game. So he that had is an injury setback a couple of weeks has. ago. He's in doubt. It's it's touch and go, but I think he's going to make it. Tom mm. Dode is going to be an interesting one for me because Dode plays. Yes, it's a third tall sort of intercepting type, but he also. Uh, gives them a lot of movement out of the back lines. And if you've got Dode, I personally think Miller is going to be playing halfback rather than that wing sort of role. Mm-hmm. And you've also got Brody Smith, who I don't think will be playing midfield time, who will be playing out of the back line this year. Okay. That's three attacking defenders in my mind. And I think that they'll, mm-hmm. as Adelaide, who are going to be smashed, they'll need defensive players. I don't know how well Scholl fits into that lineup There's just yet. I... Sorry, you, no, you go. Uh, I was just going to say there's one other ha- attacking halfback who I think may play that people aren't talking about at all and that's Will Hamill. Yes, he agree, had a agree. very good yes. uh, a very good AFL standard month. Fantasy wise he's not exactly the best player, but he got injured on about four in one game as well, which makes mm. him quite underpriced. He's about two eighty. I really like him as a backline option and I think him and Scholl will be fighting for one spot as that half yeah. bank wing because they both offer so much pace and dash off the half back line, right? Yeah. But neither is a particularly good fantasy scorer, Scholl being the better one there. Mm. Um, I could see that coming down to one spot, so watch preseason yeah. for them. Uh, Adelaide are actually quite a difficult team, I think, to pick how they're going to go, because 
they're obviously rebuilding, but they've still got a lot of older, good players mm-hmm. who are going to take spots in that best 22. Yeah. So I'm really keen to see how they line up in that preseason game. Mm. Hayden Young? What do we think on him? I, li- I, I love Hayden yeah, Young. I, like I, th- I think Hayden Young's amazing. It's just whether he can get a, a clean run at it and get games in... Uh, in a row, yeah. And if he does, he's going to be a very good fantasy he's player. He's probably who I replace Shaw with if I drop him. Yeah, out. I think he's the designated kicker this year for them coming like out of mm. the defensive fifty. They'll try get it in his hands. Um, I think the new rule helps him. Um, I'm very high on Hayden Young from a fantasy perspective mm. and think he'll go over seventy. So I think he's a great pick. Hayden Young, three thirty-seven k. It's a bit, a little bit of an awkward price because it's that midway mm. between rookie and mid pricer. But I, I would pay up for that if I had the options. Yeah, I think that <laughs> if he had played more last year, he would be even more expensive. So I'm actually quite happy with that price. Well, I've actually just, uh, I, I was thinking prior to the podcast about making one slight change to my team, and I think, and that saved me a little bit of money, which can get me. Uh, uh, get someone like a Trent Bianco up to a Hayden Young on the field. So that oh, that's actually very, very tempting. Keep in mind, Hayden Young also has the two where he got injured, rolling, mm. doing the syndemosis injury, getting yes. tackled right at the yeah. start of the game. Mm-hmm. And then he also has the discount applied on games played. So mm-hmm. uh, he only played like five games. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think he's undervalued. I just wanted to raise a couple of uh, point of differences with you guys. Um, now, I've, I've just had a little bit of a look at these guys. I'm not brave enough to put them in my team just yet. But the first one is uh, Luke McDonald, who was dominant last year for the Kangaroos. What are your thoughts on him? I'm concerned because he did this a few years ago, not to the same extent, and then Nowhere was shit the for the next extent. two years. Mm. Yeah, not to the same extent, but he was like not even in the discussion for drafts for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, he's very expensive and a new coach there as well. Do they change the game plan? Like, as good as McDonald was, that didn't work for him in terms of winning, so... Oh, I don't know. It's really, really tough. I don't hate it personally. It's it's just a very interesting point of difference. It's at the, he had a ninety points. So ninety point three adjusted average is what he had last year. He's priced at six hundred and ninety two k. He's only four percent owned. Um, and his last five last year, he went at an average of one hundred and three, which was pretty phenomenal. I do. I remember that run, and he mm-hmm. won people finals. Yeah. Um, it, look again. I, it's a very interesting point you bring up about the change of coach. Because that could change the way they're structured down back. And Lockie Young coming in could be another interesting change. Because mm. I think that he will play games off halfback. Yeah, uh, yeah that, it's a very good point. The, the other POD that caught my eye was uh, from the Eagles, Liam mm. Duggan. Um, and I, you know I'm a big fan of Duggan. And uh, I mean, You're realistically... A just a fan of Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but you mentioned... Uh, uh, McDonald was just looked over in drafts for so many years. Liam Duggan was pretty much exactly the same, just completely undraftable. Uh, he'd just sit on waiver wires year after year. But he looks like... Speak he's for yourself. He was a perfect D5. <laughs> yeah. Just reliable. <laughs> he's He played to, in the midfield towards the end of last year, was absolutely fantastic. He had a last five average of 97. And it looks like he's going to be playing early midfield games this year. Priced at 661k... Does that catch your eye? It he does, yes. Three percent um, owned. Yeah, I like the I like the ownership. Uh, it's I think he'll start midfield. I'm not sure how long he'll play midfield for over the course of the year. It, though. it depends when Yo comes back, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Because yeah. um, you you think that Yo Kelly Shuey are absolute locks to play inside midfield ahead of him. So best case, he's the fourth, and that mm-hmm. would be assuming he takes over Sheed. Um, Gaffin Redden. Redden. Yeah. Gaffin Redden, I can see Sheet. I don't know as much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I can see Gaff moving back straight back onto a wing, a wing and spending much less time inside. And I can see Redden actually losing games. Um, I, I, I actually I think, think there's Redden a chance... Redden will be transitioned out of uh, Yeah, Redden will be transitioned out of the team this year. So, um, And I can see Duggan taking more midfield time because the Eagles have just an absolute rich of... Um, uh, or wealth, I should say, of halfbacks. Like, with it, it's <laughs> really just come good. back in. Um, Rotham was coming along really well last year. I think they'll want both of them to play regular games together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they so, like Nelson as well. Exactly. that, And Cole's, you know, been serviceable as well for the past few years. So I think that Duggan could play extra midfield time with Redding going out of the side. Yeah, I think the other thing is how strong the defence values are. Because if Duggan was a forward, he would be absolutely locked in my side, throw away the key. Mm. That that that's and it um, shows how bad the forwards are. Like they're they're <laughs> it's a, terrible. It's a garbage fire. <laughs> yeah. Um it's the hardest position I find by a long way to pick. Mm. Um I think Duggan's a good value. I think he's a great value in drafts also, if unless you live mm. in a WA based league like we do. Um so <laughs> he's yeah. not sliding in our league. No, yet. no, but I think he could hit ninety this year. I really do. And maybe yeah. more so. Yeah, that's okay. so and if if he's hitting, you know, ninety to a ninety five average, that's big for a defender. Oh, that's huge. Especially for a, a, someone priced at six hundred and sixty k. Have you thought about moving Howe down to him? Or? I have. Yes, I have absolutely thought about that. That's it's. <laughs> you know what? I actually probably prefer that from a Duggan over Howe. Yeah, and okay. bank the the cash. Banks you about uh, well, only banks you eight k, but oh, still, really? yeah, it's six hundred and sixty nine mm. compared to six sixty one. So that is exactly the same price, essentially. I can't wait to see the first preseason game for West Coast. Duggan's going to have about 60% CPAs. <laughs> everyone's going to lose their gonna mind. going to go, yeah, 94, 95, <laughs> and everyone's going to bring him in. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, was there anyone else you guys want to talk about just quickly before we move on to the midfielders? I, I have a, a few. couple of names, but sort of touching on what Brody said about the strength of the back line, they're not ones that I would seriously consider, but throwing them out there for the sake of, of, of pods... Um, Lukosius, third year breakout. You'd be a gutsy, gutsy move. He was good last year, wasn't he? But um, yeah, so he averaged seventy eight as an adjusted score last year. Five hundred and ninety five k. He's in a good role. Third year could take a bit of a jump. He's got to go ninety to justify it, though. That's the hard thing. Yeah, yeah. I would, because it's. Yeah, Gee, I love, love Lacocious, and I don't mind him in a draft league. I love him year. as a player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Draft leagues, I'm big on Lacocious yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he's probably just priced a little bit too much in salary mm-hmm. cap. But mm-hmm. so he's number one. But yep. I, I, I agree, I probably wouldn't go him either. Go for it. Yeah. Number two, Hunter Clark. Uh, now he's in once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> we all thought he was going to have a bit of a breakout last year, and he didn't. He was still serviceable with a seventy-eight point six, but. The Saints midfield does have some holes to patch yeah. to start the beginning of the year, and no one's talking about Clark stepping up to fill that hole. Mm, that's interesting. And Caulfield came on last year as a halfback, which means that that sort of slot that Hunter Clark was filling might be mm-hmm. uh, ably managed. Yep, he's uh, 20k less than Zach Williams. Ooh. Well, you have to start Williams, so you I do, wouldn't put I, those two I'm in, com- in consideration. Not competing, but yeah. in terms of value, mm-hmm. so he's about 80 average. Yeah. Okay. So again, he's similar boat to Lacocious. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, again, I like him to increase that for a draft like average. So mm-hmm. I think he's probably a bit undervalued in that respect. But yep. um, I couldn't do it in classic personally. No, yeah. no I, I don't think I could either. Yeah. Um, so I agreed. I probably wouldn't either. But I think how you get ahead in classic is you pick the draft guys who are going to pop in classic that year. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Correct. And we're both talk- we're all three of us talking about these guys. We like them in draft. So it's a case of which draft guys do we like this year who are going to pop in Classic. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I think we should move on to the midfield, but there's some really good PODs there. Um, so we'll run through our teams again. Uh, we'll be short and sharp, obviously. There's a few players to go through. Um, so I'll go first again. Uh, my lineup is, uh, number one, I've got Lockie Neal, uh, spent up. Uh, Tim Taranto at number two. I've got Sam Walsh at number three. Uh, Raul at four. Hately at five. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm slowing down slightly, the other guys are frantically <laughs> writing down my team in the background. Uh, I've got Will Phillips at six, uh, Tom Powell at seven, uh, and Finn McGuinness is on my field at eight. And that's something I'm not too happy about, so we'll get to that. Um, my bench is just, at the moment, placeholders in Jeremy Sharp and Luke Valente, who are just cheap options who are a chance to play. But again... I, I always plan to have 170 to 200k odd players on my bench, so it doesn't change my structure if those guys have to go out to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like you mentioned, Brody, you can be a bit more fiddly with the guys on your bench, um, but if you're planning to have someone on your field who you know is only a 50-50 to play or even less, that's where it gets a bit worrying. So yeah, McGuinness is the danger, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brody, your team. I would like to preface with this has changed a lot there's just so many different options in the midfield mm-hmm. that I really like and this is not final by any means but I've got one Zach Merritt mm. two Tim Taranto three Blake Akers oh Ooh. wow four Caleb Sarong mm. five Rory Sloan six Matt Rao seven Ben Cunnington and eight Will Phillips and on the bench, I have Connor Downey and Jay Rantall from the Pies. Interesting. Alrighty. Um, so for me, and I'll do a preface for this as well, um, my midfield is a bit of a garbage fire at the moment. <laughs> um, the, but um, I've got some money in the bank and a few ideas on what to do to actually fix it up. But So my team, um, Taylor Adams to start, Rao. Uh, number two, uh, number three, I've got Walsh. Number four, I have Dyson Heppel. Number five, I've got Jackson Hately. Uh, number six, I've got Luke Pedler. Number seven, uh, Tommy Powell. Uh, number eight is Downey. And then on the bench, I have Valente and Thompson Dow. Mm-hmm. All right, wow, you're, a lot you're, of you're big into Thompson way. Dow. I don't yeah. know why, but you, you like a bit of Dow. I, he's a placeholder at this stage. Yeah. Um, he's a slightly more wow. expensive than bargain price. Yeah, There's a lot going on here. A lot yeah. going on. All right. So let's let's just quickly, very quickly again, because this will all depend on preseason games and round one uh, mm-hmm. team sheet announcements. Um, but let's just quickly touch on the rookies. Yeah. Um, so my rookies there, are the really, I've got the two Kangaroos boys, which we all have. No, and I don't have Powell. You don't have Powell? That's I all don't right. have yeah. Phillips. Um, so, wow, well, that's, that's, that's... Okay, do we right. want to discuss Yeah, let, let's just quickly later. touch on it. I absolutely think that both of those players were playing round one. Um, again, depending on what the preseason games are like, they were just too good at underage level. And I think if the Kangaroos leave them languishing at... In lower leagues, it's just going to put them another step behind on the run. I think one of them plays round one, and the other one debuts a f- couple of weeks later. Okay. I agree. I think 
they're probably my one and two in a keeper league top-up draft right now. Agreed. My personal one and two. But I don't think they both play round one. You have a lot of guys vying for minutes, and I don't think Tom Powell and, to a lesser extent, Phillips are multifaceted. They're inside midfielders for yep. the most part. Simpkins there, Cunnington's there, Anderson will get a gig there. Um, Luke Davies Uniac will go through at points and will play. You also have um, maybe Trent Demont yeah, he's coming got a bit in. Of an injury issue so um, you know Jack Zebel's back. Like he, I don't think he'll get a lot of minutes. Jack Zebel's apparently playing what back? Back? Yeah. yeah, I'm so intrigued to see how well that works. It's so, not going to work at all. Powell's not a Powell, Powell's not a forward pocket. No, Powell, no. Powell, Powell is an inside midfielder. Yes. Absolutely, only he reminds me a lot of um, Devin Robertson, who is just an inside midfielder. Mm-hmm. He can't do anything else. But Will Phillips has the class and the skill to be able to play in a half forward role if necessary. That's the interest to me. I think that Pat, uh, Powell will be able to play more minutes through the midfield, and they'll be able to play Phillips up forward. Look, if they both if they're both named for round one, they'll both be in my team. Absolutely. But as it stands. Powell is in my team as a placeholder for whichever one of the two gets named. Yeah, I for think round Powell, one. even best case scenario, I could see him going the way of Tom Grant last year mm. and like having a good preseason and playing round one and then like, Game okay, dropped. North Melbourne wants some wins. He's one of the first people to find his way out of the team because he's an inside mid going up against developed yeah. six-year, seven-year, eight-year AFL bodies. Mm-hmm. And I just... I think the difference, though, is GWS were in win-now mode to sure. start last season. North are in, hey, we're rebuilding mode. We delisted literally half of our team last yeah, year. Yeah, true. These guys are the future. Come watch them play. Mm. True. It did take on someone seats. like Sarong still a month to get a game. And But but, true. but I, I totally see a point. And if Powell's playing round one, I'm very tempted by it. I don't want to knock Powell at all. Yeah. I'm really surprised you don't have Phillips. Um, I've just got whichever one of them plays. Okay, cool. So yeah. it's, it's a placeholder. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Finn McGinnis for me, it's just whether or not he plays round one. I think that they will give him a go because Hawthorne are just going to be terrible in my opinion I this year. I hope he does, Awful. but I don't think he does. I think Downey gets the game in round one. Yeah, I And think- that's the other thing. Downey or either or realistically. Could um could come into play. Who for me. plays on the wing, the opposite wing to Tom Phillips? Is it Downey? Uh, I think he's a chance. I think Downey's a chance to play on that wing. I think honestly they could get Phil, Finn McGuinness to have a little bit of time on there with time at half forward as a high roaming I think half he, forward. He's, an in, he's another guy who's an inside mid. I agree, but they said they want to up his versatility. They want yeah. exactly. They wanna, but I think they'll do that in the VFL. They'll okay. train him in a different role and then yeah. bring him in second I half. I could of the see season. Dylan Moore maybe featuring on that wing, but whoever it is, they're a weak. Um, option yep. at real life level yep. but Downey at least they're playing for the future mm-hmm. yep. and again is there is there any other rookies that you boys wanted to bring up from your female teams I've because Jeremy sh- Sharp and Luke Valente they're just sitting there until I figure out exactly who's going to be playing same with me with Valente and Dow yep. um, I've got Pedler because I think again rebuilding future I think there's a good chance he doesn't make round one, in which case I'll have to figure something out with him. He but. did pretty well in their intra club the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Pedler's a great underage player. He's the one that's slotting into that third position in terms of uh, keeper league top up drafts for me as really? well. Really? So third? I, you oof. have him there? Oh, yeah, wow. I, I love, you might be high on him. Because I like Pedler a lot. He's, and he's I incredible. I have pick four in a keeper. I didn't think I'd yeah. have to use it to get him if I wanted him. Like, for yeah. example, yeah. I oh, think. Secrets revealed. The top ups, also, you have. Guys like Finn McRae mm-hmm. um, will be... Uh, maybe Dylan's... Um, 
not Dylan Stevens, um, Braden Campbell. Yeah, Braden um, Campbell. You've got guys like Reef McInnes as well who should be playing early yeah. games. There's a lot of interesting yeah. keeper leagues from a rookie point of view. All right, uh, all right um, let's move so on to some of the big boys. I think both all of us have got Seven Forget, um, Raul, Walsh, and Hately. You didn't have Walsh, you did you? No Walsh, no Hately for me. Yeah, so Ooh, let's. Okay. I want to touch on that quickly. So Raul for me is absolutely set and forget. He was just that good last yep. year. Um, now, and he's priced well as well, so he could go up from there. I think he could gain another 150k. Um, Walsh, I just, I absolutely love. I've, I loved watching him last week. I, I had Paddy Cripps in my fantasy, salary cap fantasy team last year, and I hated watching Carlton games because I would sit there and go, Paddy Cripps, why the hell aren't you as good as this, what, <laughs> third year player? Um, this is his third year. There, sorry, his, this second year player, mm-hmm. and he is running rings around you, mate. And I know, yes, he gets all the attention, blah, 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 but. Um, Sam Walsh I think is going to have a fantastic third year from a fantasy point of view um, and the other one Jackson Hately for me you know I've got a big thing for, for Jackson Hately um, for, oh, what is that 486k it's just too too cheap uh, uh, they bought him in for a reason um, there was a lot of sort of uh, hubbub on Twitter about the fact that he played on the weaker side in the midfield in their intra-club game just the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all of their A-grade stars were on the other side. I think they did that to really test his medal um, and and give him a test. And he passed. He did really well. He got a lot of disposal, a lot of tackles, a lot of pressure. He'll definitely be playing round one for me and he'll be scored. I, I think he'll come out this year with an average of uh, high 80s. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't own either, so I'll give my counterpoints. Counterpoint to Hately... I don't think they went out and got him for a reason. Like, he's from South Australia, and they got him in the preseason draft. He's a high draft pick. He's talented. Um, who wouldn't want a player of that ilk on their list for the draft capital they had to give up? It's not like um, they've gone out and sought to get him directly. Um, I think that Adelaide have three guys who are set and forget in the midfield in Crouch, Sloan, and Laird. So he's not replacing any of them. No. I think the fourth is probably Keys, but I could see Haitley coming in at some point and like changing that um, dynamic. Just, just to quickly jump in there, I yep. absolutely think Haitley will take Keys' spot, no question whatsoever. I think by the end of 2021, I agree. But I think um, they really liked what Keys did. I think he won the best and fairest or got very close to it last year. I think year. he was podium finishing. Yeah, podium, yeah. So I, I think they rate him even though I think he's one of those guys who will be replaced from the rotation in time. Um, so Haitley for me, he's priced at 64. What do I think he foreseeably averages? I don't think he's in their top four mids come round one. So best case, he goes 80 and then it's probably worth it. But I think you want him to go 85 if you're taking him at that price and I just don't think he's going to do it. It's a bad team as well. He's he's going to split time between clearance mid and somewhere else in my personal opinion so that's the knock on Haley. although at the price I don't think you can go too wrong Walsh okay Walsh I uh, I love Walsh I'm a big Walsh fan boy he's on my keeper team but he's priced at 97 um, if you have someone at 97 you want value on every single pick he needs to at least go five more for my and I think he can do it but He's not going to play clearance mid. I keep going back to this clearance mid argument, but like Williams has come in there. They've brought him for a reason. I think Jack Martin is more dynamic at stoppages. Walsh will play wing. Is there enough natural progression there to justify a five-plus point increase? 
Very possibly. Still a good pick. That's just why I don't have him. Um, but he's in so many teams right now. And it's nearly a pod by not going him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, any Agreed, points yeah. you guys disagree with me there on why to pick Walsh I, or Haitley? I think so. Haitley, I mean, I can definitely see the argument. It, yep. do, it really depends how he molds into the team. I still think that he will take Ben Keyes' sort of more rotations in the center sure. from Keyes at the start. Um, and you're, you're the opposite sort of side, which makes sense for not picking him. If you think that Keys will start off in that mid position yep. and have more than Haitley at the start, and Haitley will build into it. Yeah. Um, but for me, the big one with Sam Walsh, I don't see Martin taking a lot of stoppage time away from him with at all. Um, I think that Walsh. I, he's more dangerous in the forward line. I think them. your centre bounce for me is Cripps, Williams, Walsh. That's your starting three midfielders for Carlton. I would put Setterfield in there I, over Walsh. See, I think. I, I think Setterfield is that fourth to fifth spot um, as a centre clearance. So you've got... What about Kernow too? Um, well, Ed Kur- Kernow. No, Kernow's Mark that. Mark Murphy as well. Yeah, Kernow, Mark Murphy, they're the, they're the fringe guys for me now. So the, you've got a, such a dynamic group of players there. You've got Cripps as the bullocking, just absolute gut-running beast. You've got Williams as that silky, um, you know, skilled, talented uh, distributor out of stoppages. And you've got Walsh, who's clearly the best uh, accumulator in their team for me now. And you want one of those accumulating type players who just has a knack of finding the ball in and around the stoppages. I think he's a non-negotiable clearance player as one of their top three Clearance, interesting. I, I would argue maybe he's, he could be even better as a winger. There's a chance that he... Because, he, like I said, he's an accumulator. Well, he yeah, just he's just a great player. Yeah. So that's why like, you can't go too wrong. Mm. He's not going down on a 97 average, in no, my opinion. No. So that's why it's a good pick. Yeah. I'm just looking for like huge upside at that yeah. pro- um, in that yeah, position. Yeah. I, I, I like Taranto as well for a similar sort of reason. Um, well, I think both you and I, Matt, have Taranto. Is I that have right? So you've got Taranto. You do, so I don't. I, I, I like uh, the fact that, obviously, Taranto is coming off an injury-affected year. And I a think, shoulder injury, too. Exactly. Um mm. I think that he will have a significantly better year. So I think that he can up his average and give you some value there at the start. The tackle numbers should go up a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Um, like, look at Tom Mitchell after a shoulder, Tom Rockcliffe after a shoulder, um, the guy we were just talking about, Tim Taranto <laughs> after a shoulder. They all dropped their tackle numbers massively, and Taranto's averaged 112 before. So he's 93 at the moment. Like, surely he goes 10 on that. 103 is fine for Taranto. And even if, like, say, Walsh and Taranto average are the same, I know you have both, mm-hmm. but, like, Taranto, you're getting a cheaper price. Yeah. That's have, you, have you got any reason you didn't pick him, or is it did you just not fit your money. structure, man? Yeah, yeah. 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 money, that's, money, money. That's fine. But you like the look of it. I like the look of him. So I've, the guy I've got that you guys don't is Taylor Adams. Um, mm. He's got that injury that yeah. he's picked up in the last couple of weeks. If he's not good for round one... Or if he's under a bit of an injury cloud, Taranto's probably my replacement. Can I just ask, is Taylor Adams ever not under an injury cloud? Well, that's a fair point. Last year was the one year year where I had him in draft. He took me all the way. (laughs) But he still started under an injury cloud. He never just makes you feel safe. Yeah, he doesn't. He he doesn't. But before that injury... For me, he was like the almost the first guy picked just because of the Trelaw factor. Yeah. All right. The big one for me, I just I want to touch on quickly. I'm the only one who started with the big dog in Lockie Neal. Now that's obviously eating away at my wallet, um, and it's quite clear to see because I'm the only one who has a really crappy rookie on my midfield at the moment starting. Um, now, do you guys think that? Look, it'd be good to hope and hold out and think that he's going to drop in price, or are you just 
planning that he's he's going to score at whatever average he was last year and you're going to have to pay up for him later. I'm rolling the dice on it. I think the last two years he started like a house on fire mm-hmm. both years and I think there's a real danger for those that don't start with him that he'll do that again this year and his price will remain high. Mm-hmm. I just can't fit him in dollar-wise so I'm rolling the dice that someone's finally going to realise they actually need to pay attention to him and he might have a slightly subdued he, start. It's he's always a- tough with Zorko in the side because he's just so dynamic and damaging. That's true. That's that's true. And McCluggage is becoming a at an option now a tag also. Yeah. But yeah. Neil's priced at one twenty two. He went one thirty three first half of the year and one one ten in the second half and then one oh one in finals. So when teams needed to win the biggest games of the season they tagged him, right? Like um and mm. he, you know, got worse as the year went on. He also played a ridiculous amount of time on ground last year in the shortened games. Yeah. So I think the games being lengthened and them having more mid-options could go against him a little bit also. Mm, interesting. I like it. Um, and it, was there anyone else from your teams you want to bring up? Just, just because... very quickly, a couple of value picks. Mm. Brody went with Cunnington and Sloan. I like both of them. I've gone with Heppel, but I've... <laughs> I've been, I don't like that at all. I've been considering Cunnington and Sloan as well for that like, same position. I like Cunnington. I like Cunnington. Sloan's an interesting one. I... Just because I own Sloan in my keeper team, and I just I bought him in last year in a trade with you, Matt, and that just dogged me all year. You're welcome. Absolute dog move, mate. And <laughs> it, I I can't see him improving too much, to be honest. I just I think oh, I think his year last year was that bad. There has to be a bounce back with how talented he is. Cunnington. I'm more concerned about Cunnington, to be honest, because just the role he plays. I think he's very good at it, but. It can be replaced by another inside mm. mid. He doesn't bring yeah. excitement and X factor to mm. that team. So yeah. Rong's an interesting one for me at um, price uh, always uh, price at eighty two basically, or, or just on eighty three, I should say. Um, for me, picking him at that price, which is six hundred and thirty six k, you've got to expect him to push that average up this year to low to mid nineties. Uh, at least. To get that value. Yeah. And and you believe that he'll be able to do that in his... Don't get me wrong, I love Caleb Sarong, but in his second year with midfielders, you know, starting to step up a little bit more in um, uh, Brayshaw and Chera, you think that Sarong will be able to push those numbers up that much? I don't think he's affected too much by them. Like, I think the mid-time's definitely there. I'm not concerned at all about the mid-time. He'll lead that team, I think, in mid-rotations just about, with Fife going forward more. Brayshaw plays on a wing at times. Chera can play on flanks at times. Sarong's the one who you're not going to play him anywhere other than clearance mid. He improved as the year went on, um, and he also had a slow start. Like These are his first four games, 60, 44, 47, 28. Now, again, that's um, the shortened games. But those are bringing his average way, way, way down. And he finished the year very, very strong. If you start, this is his last month, 94, 83, 55, 101. Now, times all those scores by 1.25, and they're a hell of a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, You're averaging it, over a, well, basically over 100 there. Yeah. Um, adjusted scoring. Yeah, so I just... The role's not going to be the issue. They're not going to try, like, up his versatility, in my opinion. So, I think he's... He could only go low 90s. I could see that, and then it may be a miss. But I think he's at least going to top 90. Mm. Um, are we even going to touch on acres, or do you just... I, 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 I honestly, very quickly want to hear your reasoning, and then go into PODs. Okay, so Blake Akers was a bit of a tale of two seasons, right? He had the, he was looking amazing for round one. We all had him in our team, and then he did that hamstring uh, or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And this could be a big reason why not to pick Akers because he is injury prone. 
he never found his feet getting back into that team. He, he was useless when he came back. It brought his scores way down. And then he came back in round 15, played on a wing, 108, 79, 97, 83. So if you start like that, that that's pretty much, that's over 100 every week, mm. bar one, where he would have gone like 97 by at times in by 1.25. So he went at 115 in that four-week period. Um, and he's priced at 92. So... I don't rate him as a talent, which makes it so hard, and that's probably why he'll be out my team when it comes to round one. But, like, what if he goes 100? Freo play very fantasy-friendly under Longmuir. Like, um, it's not a homer pick. It's, a like, a genuine f- slutty game plan. I love him in draft format, and I've got him in my keeper side, and I'm keeping him. But I just, I just don't have the confidence for salary cap. <laughs> Um, uh, there was a couple of PODs that I just picked up on that I wanted to uh, touch on, more, much more expensive players as well. Um, Andrew Gaff is a player that really interested, interests me. Um, and the reason for that is, you've mentioned it a couple of times, Brody. the um, extended quarters coming back. Um, so I think that was something that really poorly affected Gaff last year. Um, but even so, in, in a year which I consider to be one of his worst fantasy years, he averaged an adjusted 108.4, which is... pretty. Still absolutely stellar. Um, He's 6% owned, so he's still very lowly owned for someone who averaged that highly. 831k, and yeah, again, it's it's the reverse effect that you've talked about where you think that quarter lengths will negatively affect some players who played a lot of time. I think that Gaff playing on a wing for longer quarters will be able to do uh, the uh, wearing down player strategy that was his game plan prior to last year. I think one other thing with Gaff, also is a lot of last year was played in Queensland or mm. under slippery conditions and it took place mainly over winter. Doesn't suit his game style. That can't hurt that can't help wingers. No. Um, absolutely not. So looking at it that way, I think his uh, his first four scores for the year were actually insanely good. So that counter contradicts any <laughs> um, <laughs> advice that I just gave. But I think that it's got to help. I'd rather him be playing games at Optus Stadium than... His in, game style is perfect for Optus with yeah. the long wings and he can get the plus sixes up all, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very unlikely to get tagged as well. Very unlikely to get looked at. Not just because he's on a wing, but also because, you know, you've got Tim Kelly and Luke Shuey there who just demand a bit of attention. Um, Agreed. The, the other one is... Uh, and this really makes me feel a little bit dirty because I'm, everything is telling me not to suggest this guy. But I loved what Petrarca did last year. I absolutely mm. loved what Petrarca did. The big worry is, does he go back and spend more time forward with longer quarters? The yes. exact opposite yes. with Gaff. Um, and if he does, that's going to affect him. But in saying that, he was just that damn good for Melbourne. He was probably one of their only highlights. Averaged an adjusted 1078 um, 825k. He's only 4% owned right now. If they can continue to push him through the midfield and go with, say, uh, something close to a 75-25 split between mid and forward, I think he can keep that average You've going. I think, too, when he's forward, he'll be kicking a few goals as well, which mm. will help. But um, um, I think there's a good chance that he... I don't know that he'll regress, but I think he probably plateaus. So I don't know if there's any value there. Might be a wait and see if um, he does gain forward status back through the fact that he would likely spend more time forward. Essentially best forward in the game, just about. Yeah. Yeah. So those were a couple of PODs. Have you picked any any up yourself? 
Ah, uh, no, not in the midfield. I pretty much <laughs> it's, ha- it's, touched on all it's the ones. Pre- it's pretty hard. Prestia, yeah, I if any. he's playing round one, mm-hmm. was someone. But I had Prestia for a long yeah. time. He's priced at like 82. Cogs is someone that interests me to a small extent, yeah. but I am worried about, again, just how he fits into the midfield because they didn't really lose any midfielders last year. It was all, it was halfbacks. What about Cripps? Um, Cripps, I know you had him last yeah, year. Yeah, again, I've, I've been burnt too many times by Cripps in salary cap. He's a very solid, you know, draft player, but I just, I get burnt by those, you know, 40, 50 point games. I think he's burnt me like two or three years in a row in various different formats. So just, I'm, I'm steering clear this well, year. My last one, sorry to interrupt you both <laughs> just there. Very rude of me, but Braden Sire. I'm not doing it, but I'm hearing his name tossed around a bit. What are you guys thinking? Uh, we've talked about this a little bit offline. Mm-hmm. I think that he starts the season in the midfield and they'll give him a good crack for a couple of weeks to see if he can cement that spot. I'm not sure if he will or not. Um, if he cements the spot, then there's a lot of value there because he scores well when he's on the park. But I'm not convinced that he'll lock it lock it down the role. And they've still got a lot of like mids as well. I know they lost a fair few, but they've still got Pendles. He'll play every game. They've still got Sidey. He'll play every game in the midfield. They've got Sidey plays. Wing, though, mm. primarily. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, although, he does start at some centre bounces mm. as well. Um, uh, Dacos, I think, is going to play a lot of midfield time this yeah. year. They've got... Um, uh, I think Jamie Elliott will be playing a lot off high half forward. Agreed. I think that Dugowie will still come in uh, off high half forward as well. Um, so, they do still have a few midfielders. Uh, I'm, and they'll have guys like Finlay McRae starting at certain points. Reef McInnes, I believe, will play a little bit this year. Um, it's their midfield makeup is going to be very interesting to see this year. I couldn't agree more with Christian. I just wanted to toss the name out there, but I mm. think he's highlighted exactly the reasons I would why not to start with him. Um, all right, well, I think we should move on to the rock lineup. Um, so, look, I, I'd be interested to see if any of your guys change from this because I've just this is where I've spent a lot of cash. I've gone the set and forget Gordon Grundy, and Same. that's that's all I want to do. Same, that's where all my money's gone. Yeah, um, Brody, sounds like you haven't. All right, no, where have I've, you gone? I've also gone Grundy, but I've gone Toby Nankervis. Oh, <laughs> I think Nank is a good option um, as an alternative. <laughs> uh, and Matty Flynn is my um, my bench. Same. Uh, yeah, I've got Josh Treaky as it stands, uh, but yeah, that, that uh, Flynn's yeah. a great option. I think well, Flynn, uh, unless they want to, you know, roll the dice on the uh, uh, glass machine that is Shane Mumford. They don't have many other right options. I reckon Mumford starts the year, but he can't play a full year. No, he can't. If Flynn's starting round one, He's he in will be on team. my field. Um, not really? just on the I've, I've, I've had that thought to myself. If Flynn starts in round one, do you save all the money and just play him on the field? Yes. There's... I'm I'm just uncertain. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not. Because if he, if he misses... Oh, so say he plays round one and round two, doesn't play well, and then gets dropped for mm-hmm. Mumford, that's a lot of money you have to find to then get in a top-order Ruckman. You have True. to downgrade someone immediately. For me, he's purely there just as cash generation because I'm convinced he'll play at some point. Yeah. So if he starts round one, I'm just happy because he's going to be generating cash earlier than I expected. Yeah. I feel like we don't have to argue for Gorn or Grundy. I don't think either of those have to be argued for. Do you worry about the, extent. the extended quarters? Not with either of those boys. No. I think that, um, that Grundy will be playing. He'll do what Grundy does. Um, and I think Max Gorn will continue to do his 80% worth of ruck. And he might, he'll might he go back a little bit, take those plus sixes. And then um, 
uh, Luke Jackson will come in for the other 20% in the ruck. I think that's a good structure for Gorn for the next two years, probably. Yeah. I, I think both of them, you, you, what you see is what you get. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you're Nankervis. I'm interested to hear So, um, we all know, like, you know, Soldo's gone down with an ACL. Mm-hmm. Nank uh, is priced at 72. So it's not like he's the biggest bargain in the world. I think mm. there's a, a few rucks worth talking about who are a bit um, cheaper. But Nank was my pick of the bunch. Um, yeah. I think that he'll solve Ruck. Like, Mario Chol, I don't even know if he plays. And uh, I think that Nank could go 85, is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking he goes, which is 13 points of upside priced in there. Like, Gorn's only going to go down, I think. And so it's really, if you want him as a captain option, is why I'd have Gorn. Um, Nank went at 89 in 20. 19 mm-hmm. and then last year I think he went in about like high 70s 78 but once you remove the games where Soldo and him split time in the ruck he averaged about 100 um, so it was only from four games and I think he also benefited from probably each ruckman like tirelessly slogging throughout the whole year he comes mm-hmm. in fresh round in the, <laughs> the end, yeah. second last game I believe the preliminary final and that's probably a part of the reason why he chopped up but um that's got to help to an extent, mm. right? And But I still think, in spite of those factors that help him, he should go close to that 89, um, not quite to that extent, because I think he just was career-best around then. I don't think he's a 90-averaging player. Yeah, yeah I agree. He's I, I think about, he's mid-80s, but yeah. I, I, I love it. I think there's a huge amount of value there. For me, too, the other thing you haven't mentioned is he's going to be a, a man on a mission. He's got this year to <laughs> yeah. prove he deserves to be a number one Ruckman somewhere before yeah. Soldo comes back. Yeah. And you could see GWS or Sydney or... Oh, Sydney, that'd be ironic. Um, but, like, someone... <laughs> I was just thinking Ruck Nady teams, but, like, you know, someone could use... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, for sure. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other interesting one, obviously, for me is um, uh, Riley O'Brien. Um, yeah. So, in, in place of Gorn, so uh, that's saving you $125,000. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Riley O'Brien can keep his scoring up um, at what it was last year? He's got an adjusted average of 108 from last Why year. Why would you he think was, he couldn't? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that he couldn't. I'm just suggesting, is that, so you definitely No, that's think, my answer. Do oh, you think he can maintain it? I, Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I think that he could. I agree with you both. Yeah. yeah, I think he, I just don't know if the upside's there. I love picking guys who I think they're going to go up. I yeah. think he probably, let's say he goes 110, mm-hmm. like, how, how precious to you at the start of the season is that extra 125k is the thing so if, yeah. if Gorn can keep up his average which is uh, just having a look there um, 123.2 adjusted if he can average around about 120 is that extra 10 points more valuable to you right there if you think that they can both stay at that I, same average I think 10 points is corresponds to about 70k mm. so if you think that's only the difference then you should be going O'Brien but I think um, I think there's other things to consider too like I'm sick of trying to play catch up with rocks every single year (laughs) I'm just set and forget this year because I'm comfortable that Gorn and Grundy will be the top two at the end of the year I don't think that Gorn's going to stick at 123 I think he does regress a little bit Mm. But I'm comfortable to take that hit and know I don't have to worry about the position barring injury. Yeah, the best year I've ever had was a couple of years ago. And sadly, it was still didn't get the top 100. I think it was low 300s or high 200s. Um, but that was a set and forget year where I just did not change my rocks all year. I picked the top two guys, Grundy and Gorn, and I just left them in all year. 
So, yeah, I, I think it's a safe way to go about it. I, I was worrying about constantly trading rucks last year, and it was a pain in the ass. You end up just playing catch-up the whole year. Mm. Um, all right, we'll move on to the forward line, because we are going to spend a bit of time on this one, because this is just horrifyingly bad. Can we not? <laughs> um, I really don't want to. Now, um, this is going to be interesting, because I can see certain players that are just going to get picked apart. Um, <laughs> So I'll go through my team. Um, so first up, I've got Josh Dunkley, 741k. Uh, I've got Tom Phillips at number two. I've got Connor Rosie at number three. Uh, I feel dirty about this, but I've got Cockatoo at four. Hype boy. Uh, yeah. I've got Braden Campbell at five. I've got James Rowe at six. Um, and then I've got Devin Robertson and Finlay McRae on the bench. And just to reveal as well, I've got uh, Miles Bergman sitting at, at my utility as well. It's not that it matters too much. Um, but, yeah, so that's my forward line. All right. All right, Brody, what have you got for us? I've got a similar structure to you. It appears that Ooh. we're starting to rookie up in the forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, number at F1, I have Patrick Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. Um, F2, I don't like this. Isaac Heaney. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. F3, uh, Jamie Elliott. F4, Braden Campbell. F5, Finlay McRae. F6, Ned Cahill. Um, and then on the bench, I have James Rowe, um, Eli Smith, and utility Phoenix Spicer from North Melbourne. Mm, interesting. Alrighty. I've got some very different names to you guys. Okay, alright. So this, this is going to be interesting. Yep. <clears throat> so I've got uh, Danger is my number one. Mm-hmm. And then we drop it straight down <laughs> to uh, to Caldwell at number two. Oh yeah, Caldwell's one that I yeah considered definitely. Uh, Jaden Stevenson at three. Um, I've got another another keeper hype guy who's managed to sneak into my salary cap side. It's Schoenberg. Uh, I've got uh, Eli Smith and Miles Bergman, and then on the bench I have Braden Campbell and Rowe. And my utility is Will Gould. I like it. Okay. So, um, we'll, we'll get into this just with a couple of the big boys. So, you boys both have Danger. Um, and I've got Josh Dunkley in there as the, the player which we've definitely obviously spent the most money on. So, uh, Dunkley's 740. Danger's 780. Um, what do you boys think Danger averages this year? He's, he averaged basically just on or just over 100 last year. Um, I, I think adjusted. he's pretty similar. He's going to average 100. So, yeah, that's a big call. Is he going to average 100 this year, Danger? I th- yes. Yeah, I think okay. he does. Yeah. Um, I think also, I mean, how much truth you can put in it, but Chris Scott has come out and said that they need him to play midfield this year. Chris um, Scott lies so often about his team structure that I, I do not trust anything that comes out of his mouth when he's talking about that preseason. I do and I don't because... They're still topping up it at the Cattery, so they're in win-now mode. they got to have danger in the midfield to win now. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. So if Duncan misses games early, then I'll start with danger, because da- danger will start in the midfield if Duncan's not there. One factor that hasn't been talked about yet as to why I like danger is the acquisition of Jeremy Cameron. I think the yeah, fact that you have Hawkins and Cameron... Um, danger resting forward I think is less likely because you still have like a Rowan there too mm. they really like Asava Radigalia and I think yeah. they want to play him as a rock forward yep. it just feels a bit 
he's not like he's going to be isolated by himself in the well, goal square. They were effectively using him as a key forward at times last yes. year because they didn't have anyone else. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that. And because of his groin as well is what Scott said. That's that article yeah. you're referencing. I normally don't put stock into these articles, but it makes sense as to why Dangerfield's numbers were in the midfield were so exceptionally low towards the end of last year and in finals. It just didn't make sense. Mm. So um, I think the Dangerfield rationally speaking, we'll go back into the midfield yeah. and average 105. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, and I've I've gone Dunkley. Yeah. I'm not getting the midfield minutes to make it worthwhile. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think they probably told him he will yep. because they're trying to hang on to him. But looking at that midfield, it, you just can't do it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Bond is their best player. He Absolutely. has to play there. Trelaw isn't multifaceted. He's no. the burst guy from the midfield. He has to midfield. play midfield. So, um, Tom Liberatore, does he even get a game? I don't think so, personally. Mm. I don't think so, but if he does, he can only play inside. Exactly. Mid. True. I don't think he's getting games. That's why That's why I've gone Dunkley. Bailey Smith. How, Bailey Smith, I would be moving into the midfield because he's a difference maker, yeah. in my opinion. Um, Jack McRae. Jack McRae. Now, does he play wing? I think he plays probably half his time in the middle. At least, I think wing, but I, uh, he's another one who'll roll I th- through. The I think he plays on the wing uh, with uh, with obviously Hunter on the other wing. So if that's the case, then Dunkley could play mid and then be a great value. Dun- Dunkley is the fourth mid. For I me. have him as the fifth, but I think why I like the pick, or if I were to do it, is surely if they've promised Dunkley mid time. He would get it at the start of the year. They and have to deliver early, exactly. otherwise it's it's going to fall into a heap, and he's just going to leave again. Although, or he's just going to leave at the end of the year. I definitely think, from a keeper draft sort of perspective, they're going to get far enough into the year at some point, and they're going to go. Look, he's. It doesn't matter what we promised him. He's not our best or one of our best midfielders. Bailey Smith's better than him. McRae, we need in the guts. He's just not having impacts on wings, yeah. and they'll start to tinker with <clears> Ward. <throat> But at Beveridge the start, can't help himself but tinkering yeah. with the <laughs> He has to at some point. Yeah. But, but if he starts in the midfield, then he's an exceptional pick. I'm happy to trade him in if he does. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not I'll do the same. I'll trade yeah. him in if he does, knowing I'll probably have to trade him out again a fortnight later. Yeah. Yeah. I've got so and he averaged uh, an adjusted 95 last year. That's the other reason. I can't, in my mind, I can't see him going below 95. So I see. I no. definitely can see him going below ninety-five. Interesting. I can see him going. So you see, just, ten he's out of the midfield for you. I can see him going ten points less, eighty-five. So where do you? So you see him as almost the sixth midfielder then? I see him as playing that shitty half forward role where he always takes the mark and misses the goal of a couple of years ago. <laughs> Christian, does this worry you? This is his numbers after the buy for CBA percentage. Mm-hmm. 41, his highest. 31, 25, 9, 0, 25, 29, 24. That's it percentage. Does, is that doesn't, inclusive it, of his ruck time? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh, I don't. So, no, so. so he didn't attend centre bounces really as a ruckman either. It was always Tim English or one of the other tall guys. And that's the big difference. The fact that he was playing ruck, essentially, backup ruck. So he was doing having to do that around the ground. Okay. So they wouldn't start him in the centre bounces. Gotcha. They would free him up elsewhere. Now that Martin's come into the side, and I believe English and Martin will play in the same team, yep. um, because otherwise what's the point of bringing him in? Um, then, uh, yeah, I, I think that he'll be freed up to play more centre-bounce attendances. But like I say, I think he'll be the fourth midfielder, which means that he won't be one of those top three guys going mm-hmm. in there. He will be more. It will be a limited scope for midfield yep. minutes, but it will be enough to justify his starting price. Fair enough. Um, and given the like we say, dumpster fire that is the forward line this year. 
um, it's enough for me to have him in my starting. I've game. thought about it too. I just I just <clears throat> wanted to put those points out there. It's, it's, it's interesting you guys say that. I've scrolled straight past him. Haven't even looked at him in salary cap this mm. year. And yeah. I love Dunkley. You guys both know that. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. It's I I think that that could come back to bite you in the ass. Actually, no, I don't think that could come back to bite you in the ass because, like I say, I don't think he's going to be go up too much. You're just going to have to buy him at some point in the season for what is essentially the same price. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't have Tom Phillips. You don't have Tom Phillips. I no. don't have Phillips Ex- either. Ju- all right, I do. Justify why you don't have him. Because I think for me, he's just like Williams, he's non-negotiable this year. He's pretty much the most popular forward going around in terms of like non-rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so do you want to go first you go on first. this one? Uh, new team. We've seen time and time again people reduce their average going, when going to a new team, especially when they're not elite players. And Tom Phillips is not an elite player. I'll argue that to the bank. He's actually, in my opinion, not a very good player. Uh, he's kicking is woeful. Um, he's an endurance <laughs> he's machine, He's like though. Ed Langdon. He runs a lot. He yeah. wins a lot of it. That's, he doesn't that, use it. That's Although, exactly what he In saying does. that, I'd take Ed Langdon over Tom Phillips from a pure AFL player. But yeah, like, yes, you're right on that. Um, Tom Phillips got beaten out by like Maine at times on the wings last year at Collingwood. Um, the only thing going for him is that Hawthorne have no wingmen. They have to play him wing, but even then, their wingmen weren't particularly high scoring. Tom Scully averaged like nothing. Um, yeah. Ricky Henderson was, I think, he their other He had that one wing. good year. Yeah, he did have that one good year, but I think last year he averaged like 85 or so, mm-hmm. or 83. Let's say Tom Phillips takes his average. It doesn't make him a bad pick. It's still going up in average, which is why I don't hate it. It's just... I don't think he goes the 95 or the 90 that everyone's thinking he does. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I. I can't. Couldn't have articulated it that well. But he, there's just nothing about looking at him in that team that excites me and makes me go, "Oh, that is a must-have guy." Mm-hmm. And given how highly he's owned, not having him is a bit of a pod. Yeah. All right, all right. Counterpoint. <sighs> uh, no, no. Seriously, Tom Phillips is. Uh, he's a different style of wingman to Scully for one point. So Scully was uh, that skillful style wingman who would hurt you uh, much more damage per possession rather than an accumulating wingman. Tom Phillips is a pure accumulating wingman. If you remember two years ago at Collingwood when he was playing on the wing, he was the dirtiest, (laughs) piggiest player that you could possibly imagine. He would just run into the back line and get his own plus sixes. He'd run up into the forward line and try and get the goal. He had such an endurance that he would always be near where the ball was and he would always sit just 20 metres away from the guy with the ball to get that cheap little kick. That's exactly what he's going to do at Hawthorne. And Tom Mitchell, uh, I think Tom Mitchell especially, is going to be one of those guys who's happy to lay off a little 20-metre kick, gaining basically no ground to someone like Tom Phillips. Um, It's the fact that he's going to a team which needs wingmen, which interests me absolutely most. They've just lost Isaac Smith. They've just lost Tom Scully. Those are their only two wingmen. Smith, Smith, Smith averaged 84.8. or something. Oh, okay. 84.8. 84. I only know that. Those are his adjusted numbers? Or uh, those are his adjusted numbers. numbers. So his adjusted numbers were... Uh, um, yeah, 84.8. Um, so not, not particularly great. Um, but enough that I think Tom Phillips will be better at accumulating than him. And I think he'll go in a, a, an average of 90. I don't think it'll be the 95 that everyone thinks. But I think it'll be 90, which will see a nice price rise for him, which will mean that you know it'll it'll give you value there at the early pick. Um, I I honestly and, and I see scope there to to be even more piggish than that. And I so okay. where you guys see downside, 
I see he's going to go at 90 and there's upside from there rather than you think he's going to stay where he is and there's downside from there. Um, yeah, I just, I, I honestly see him as a non-negotiable with Williams um, I, and, and not not on the same level as Matty Rowell, maybe, um, who I think is you absolutely need. Okay. Um, one other thing on Phillips. I, I actually really agree with a lot of the points you just mentioned and I think... Um, I can totally see why you're starting with him for that reason. But in 2019, Tom Phillips averaged 90, right? Collingwood are close to the sluttiest fantasy team out there, or at least were at that point in time. Are Hawthorne a particularly fantasy-friendly team? And will they do well this year? No, no and no. But I believe for a different reason he will accumulate, and it is because they are bad. He okay. will only be moving into non-dangerous positions 20 to 30 metres away from mm-hmm. the ball for those cheap plus six kicks. And Tom Mitchell, all he does is 20 to 30 That's exactly <laughs> yeah, what it's he a does. a very good point. And Mitchell yeah. is still getting 30 <laughs> to 35 possessions no matter how bad they're going to be. I could see them linking up massively. Um, yeah, that's that's the danger point. in not yeah. starting Because if, if you remember Taylor Adams and Tom Phillips, they, when Taylor Adams was playing out of the back line and Crisp was doing it as well, those three guys would just kick it constantly to each other. Just little dinky 30-meter kicks. Um, and that's where they got the points. Yeah, you are convincing me. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just, I look at it and I'm just like... It's it's not a sexy pick because, like yeah. you say, he's so popular. So you're not getting any pod, and it's he's not a sexy player either. It's, it's yeah. Tom Phillips. Yep, yeah. I totally agree with you. Like it's just uh, you like picking guys that you actually feel good about as a talent, and yeah, he's you not want a to talent. watch them play. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right, we'll move on. Okay, so the other one, uh, Connor Rosie for me. No. I, I I like Connor Rosie. I like Connor Rosie as well. I'm a little worried about whether the midfield role will actually eventuate for him. Mm. I'm so down on Rosie. I, I, I don't get why everyone's on about him. Mm. What do you guys? What's what's the? Upside uh, I, I think if he plays midfield, then there's breakout potential yeah. I just don't know if he will play I do, I do love a bit of third year breakouts um, and and that's a big <laughs> thing for me but the other one is um, I think that players like Amon and Sam Powell-Pepper will play less in the midfield this year um, and I think that that might see Sam Powell-Pepper fall out of the team at certain okay. stages if, if Powell-Pepper falls out he could become the fourth rotation if you're saying like let's say Robbie Gray plays essentially pure mid pure Robbie Gray's forward. playing in the forward pocket forward, I don't think yeah. he's going in the midfield at all this but year. Rockliffe Boak and Wines aren't moving out of that midfield no I actually think that one of Boak or Rockliffe might fall off this year mm. um, and I don't think when I say it's, that I don't mean fall off the team role? I think into a different role yeah, uh, because they've just got so many young players coming through that they need to blood through the midfield. I could only see Boak maybe playing a high half forward role. I can't see Rockliffe playing anywhere other than midfield. Not and actually de- giving the team something yeah, useful. Yeah, I, I think they both play midfield. Boak's their best player in my opinion, or like best midfielder in my um, eyes. And uh, and I just love what Connor Rosie offers in the midfield. It's something different. The other player that really interests me, and I'm, I might be tempted to bring him in instead, is Zach Butters. Um, and uh, he's actually uh, a little bit more expensive than Rosie, which is the reason why Rosie's in my team now. He's 80K more expensive. Um, but his progression has just been incredible, um, and I think that he will play a lot of time on a wing this year. See, Butters, I can I see that argument a lot more, and like I could see him playing on a wing. I think he's such a great talent, mm-hmm. and um, he's someone who's shown so much at such a young age. But... Connor Rosie, I can't see playing in the midfield. I can't see him breaking 
um, in ahead of those other guys. It's big names, isn't it? It's Wines, Boke, uh, Rockcliffe. Um, they've already, like you say, Pal Pepper. Pal Pepper's I, still there. I don't rate Pal Pepper particularly highly, but he played a I lot of mid last Pal year. Pal Pepper is just waiting for one of Rocky yeah. or Boke to retire, and mm-hmm. then he'll step in and take their role. But Robbie Gray, he still averaged mm. like you know forty percent of mid time last year. Mm. Like, and he's a very very good player. Yeah. So. You don't want to take him away from the action, and Rosie's such a dangerous forward. I just, I think Rosie eclipses Gray this year by far. In ter- wow. not not just in terms of center bounce attendance or bounce, uh, you know, clearance attendances, but I think Connor Rosie will be a significantly better player this year than uh, Robbie Gray like, from an uh, from an AFL, AFL point of view. Wow, I, I okay. have no, that's a big call. No question whatsoever. It's really interesting because I'm hoping people start with Rosie. Like mm. he's priced at about seventy or something. I think. Yeah. Like I just. It's and that's the thing. It's it's not bad. So he's priced at sixty seven point five, and I think that he goes possibly an average of high eighties. Um, he can, I think he can push it up to that this year. Wow. And that's not a huge increase. We've seen increases from guys in their yeah. third year who were early draft picks. <laughs> if, if got an increase of fifteen to twenty. But yeah. those if guys get pure mid time. If he's the guy that has that third year breakout, then yeah, I absolutely can mm. see that happening. It's all dependent on role. He's been in my team at times this preseason, but I'm just. For every reason you've outlined, Brody, I'm just not uh, sold enough to start him at this point. Mm. Heaney is an interesting pick for him. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it at no. all. Uh, there's no forwards no. I like, and that's yeah. a role. Role like um, he's priced at like 79 though, and every single year Heaney, apart from his first year, I think he's gone high 80s. Mm. The problem is he's going to play forward um, mm. mostly. So yeah. in a we, bad team, I reckon the Swans. Jump a little bit this year. Agreed. If they I jump think, a little bit for me, they jump one rung on the line. I quite like their youth. If they can do a port and that youth comes out and has a mm-hmm. blinder of a year, I reckon they could go quite well this year. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just, I'll give you that. I'll no, give you that. Yeah, Heaney probably won't be there around one, and it's also like predicated on how well he does in the preseason. But if he can get even 30% CBAs and then play forward for the rest of it, he's gone high 80s every year of his career. If he's healthy... He should go over 85. I, we have yeah. the constant joke that he always scores in the yeah. 80 zone. So that's <laughs> it. It's, it's uh, always between like 95 and 105. In so. the good days, right? Mm. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the Hindi zone was 95 and 100, to be honest. Yeah. It was even more, it was yeah, lower yeah, than we, that. The standard deviation was tiny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and the other one that I picked is Naki Kok 2, is obviously a hype guy this preseason. Um, obviously, very dependent on round one start, but. 243k basically just makes him rookie. If he plays round one, then yes. He's a lock. He's just a rookie As a cash generator. The the reason I took him out a couple days ago is because the Brisbane Injury Club indicated... Well, he didn't play, I believe, at all because of a hammy. A slight hammy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they they indicated they don't think he plays round one. Ah, interesting. I hadn't seen that article. So if that's the case, he's just going out of the squad. Because I I basically treat him as a rookie, essentially. It's it's just whether or not he plays round one. So in terms of rookies, we've all got Campbell. We've all got uh, Rowe. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian, you've gone Robertson and McRae. Uh, I love McRae. Love um, McRae. So I, th- and I think McRae plays uh, at some point and again, placeholder bench sort of yeah. spot. Um, I'm not convinced he plays round one, but I think he debuts reasonably early in mm-hmm. the season. So so it's not a hard one because, again, I think it's going to be tough for forward rookies this year to find like four or five, maybe four forward rookies that play in round one. I reckon it's going to be tough. I reckon um, there's a few guys here who none of us mentioned who may play, like Will Kelly. Um, 
Phoenix Spicer, I mentioned. I think, I think Spicer's a good chance to play. I just don't think he's going to score. I think he's going to oh. be like 30s. He's going to be 30s yeah. or 40s. And R2? North target him. I, instead of Alagi, yeah. I'm not sure if they targeted him or if he was the... <laughs> he was like the fifth guy knife. that they were just handling. <laughs> I think he might have been the steak knives in oh, the okay. trade. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I have I have had him in my team at points this year. I think he does play. Okay. Yeah. None of us have Danaher, who's very popular. Mm, I'm... <sighs> He's apparently tearing up the training track, so he if is. he's named round one, he's pretty cheap. I'm not touching him, even if he's playing, but right. he, I get Here's, it. A, here's I get a hypothetical it. for you. Yeah. Danaher or Buddy? If Danaher, Danaher. If they're no both question. named no round question. one. No question, Danaher. If Buddy's named round one, I think I'm... Buddy, I, know, I think he's like 377. I'm not he's sure what cheaper. Danaher is. Uh, Danaher's da- cheap also. He's da- 4 Danaher's 432. Da- Buddy's, uh, let, me, let me just check. 377. 377, there you go. So you're saving 70k by going Buddy, but at the I same point, for me, you're, getting, but... you're getting half a game from Buddy. I don't think he's really going to play much you're football after this career. He's cooked. I, it's, it's, and it's not his ability, it's just his body. It's let him down. And well, How old is Buddy now? 34? Well, he's got a 10-year contract, so he's got like... Yeah, well, that, 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 that was still like three years. Yeah, that, was, that was because Sydney were just stupid beyond um, belief, or they just wanted a marketing tool. They wanted a marketing. What about player. Jeremy Cameron? No one mentioned him. I quite like him. <clears throat> I like him. Uh, key position in mm, salary yeah, cap, tough, and also there's a injury I, cloud hanging over him at the moment as well. But they're like Jeremy a Cameron. Harlem Globetrotter level team. This they year. are. I, I love him in draft. Okay. For this year. Mm. Um, Not so much in salary. Heaney could go to Cameron for me and then maybe I'll upgrade Acres to an actual proper premium. But uh, yeah. what about Jamie Elliott? I'm massive on Jamie I'm Elliott. I'm very interested in Jamie Elliott. That's... I'm intrigued by Elliott. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't have him in my team at the moment, but I reckon there's a good chance he'll end up in there. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, just a heads up. So Jeremy Cameron does have a hamstring strain situation at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, so it's w- whether or not he plays round one, that's still up for debate. But he's always he's had a lot of injury issues, and I don't like the injury cloud heading into. I don't the start think he misses one. a lot of games though. But he's always a bit niggly, but he plays. He plays Adelaide round one. Ooh, so that even is, if he isn't very good, you just get him for that week. <laughs> he's he's still yeah. kicking five I've goals. Switched him in right now <laughs> as we speak. As we speak, yeah. Um, I'm just looking up what Buddy Franklin's um, age is because I actually don't know. I reckon you're right. I reckon about 34. Uh, Buddy Franklin is, yeah, he's 34. So he turned 34 just this year. And again, I think it's just, it's out from under him. I don't think that, it's a long way to come back with those sorts of injuries at that age to even for someone as incredible as Buddy Franklin. And I just think, no, not not from a fantasy point of view. Yeah. Two more guys I want to mention, uh, Caldwell and Stevenson. Yes, I'd love to touch on your guys, Matt. Yeah. Why, but why my forward line is bizarre. Caldwell, Stevenson and Sean Berg. I'm really interested in hearing the justification so for. Sean Berg, I just like him. He probably won't be there come <laughs> round one. I'll, he'll probably end up becoming um, Elliot, to be honest. Okay. He's the least secure of those three. Caldwell... Essendon targeted him. I think he plays midfield. I think he gets a bit of a bump. Um... He's, what, 502000 I reckon he makes enough money early on that he's worth having there. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevenson, I didn't have until all the hype started talking about him. I still tried to avoid him because I don't like following the hype, but everything's pointing towards him actually will be having some midfield minutes. Mm. 
So I think there's value there. So I've got a question for you just on Caldwell. And don't get me wrong, because I love Caldwell. And yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with you. Yes, they targeted with him, and they should give him midfield minutes. But whose midfield minutes is he taking? Because yeah. you've got Merritt, you've got mm-hmm. Shield, you've got McGrath, yeah. you've got Devin Smith, who I know will split, but he'll still spend time in the midfield. Mm-hmm. You've got Dyson Heppel, who you said in your midfield will be back. Yep. Um, that's... Five right there. Parrish? Parrish is still going to no, rotate. Parrish gets overtaken. And Carl Langford. And Carl Langford, Langford also plays pl- primarily as a forward. Heppel plays off halfback a little bit more, I reckon. Agree. Yep. So, um, what, so but what the, you're saying is he's a fifth midfielder. What I'm saying is he is different to the rest of them. They are, they've been shit for a couple of years mm-hmm. playing all of these small accumulating midfielders that don't really give them burst or anything. Mm-hmm. He's a point of difference. So I think... They went out, out of their way to get him because he is a point of difference. I think they've got to put him in the midfield enough to actually justify doing that. But again, at best, fifth midfield? Or do you think that he's knocking off one of Merritt, Shield, McGrath, Smith? So I do you think, think he's saying more mid is ahead of Smith for the record. I don't think Smith touches mid-time Interesting. Issue. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually probably would agree with that. And I think Caldwell's probably ahead of... I, I'd, I'd give you that. So if Parrish. that's the case, then he's still a fourth mid. So it's it's basically my argument for Dunkley, but he's better priced than Dunkley. Of, of course, he doesn't have the history of, yeah. um, of him, but... It's, there's think, an argument to be made. I think rather than necessarily him replacing one guy, I think it's more of an even spread. He'll come in and take a little bit of time off all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which adversely affects the Zach Merritts of the world, um, yep. who, who is very expensive at 80 Merritt can score outside. I wouldn't be as worried about him, but yeah. I, I would be worried more so like if McGrath went away from centre bounces. But I don't think that happens. I McGrath's think too good. McGrah's too young too as well. I agree. I think the big one is, look, Parrish was actually quite effective when he went into the guts last year, but he's so undersized. I don't know if he's going to be able to match it with the big bodies long term, but they like him, in my opinion. I think Parrish is four and Caldwell's five, but if Caldwell gets the numbers, let's say like over 40% CBAs, then I would bring him in, I think, but I don't think he will. Mm. It's it's going to be interesting because Caldwell's mm. got more size about him than Parrish by a yeah. long shot, which, which gives them a bit of difference. And It's that I, point of difference. They're all the same in that midfield. I think that Parrish needs to leave Essendon, to be honest, going off in a dis- different I tangent. Um, it's, it's just not the place for him. He's not going to get games in the midfield that he wants. I think he should go just somewhere else entirely. Um, yeah, I agree. With that. Maybe like a, a Collingwood or something like that would be Collingwood would be a really good fit at the moment with their midfield. Um, uh, you know, uh, St Kilda somewhere like that where he's a little bit different to the, the last thing Saints need is another midfielder. <laughs> but he's he's a little bit different to their midfielders, which are just stocky accumulators. Um, he's yeah, got so more he's a small accumulator. No, but he's got he's got more skill than a lot of them. He's a skillful guy, Darcy Parrish. All right, completely off topic because no one wants to pick Darcy Parrish this year. Um, was there anyone else you want to bring up? Because we've actually hit the 80-minute mark of the podcast. Oh, shit, we should wind I think, it up I think we should look at winding it up because thank you so much, listeners out there, for tuning in. Just before we do, I think we, we've touched on a lot of PODs in that forward line. Is there any other PODs you guys want to bring up? Um, the one I quickly want to touch on, um, and it's, it's someone you mentioned earlier, Isaac Smith. Does... Do you have any thoughts about Isaac Smith moving to Geelong and also with um, Duncan potentially missing one or two games early? Oh, I didn't know about the Duncan missing I didn't games. know about Duncan either. Mm, so he, there's a chance that he misses games. Um, maybe I'm, I'm You couldn't do it, could you? You couldn't do it. Uh, I would feel so dirty doing it. I don't think I could do it. 
It it really sucks. He's just just to numbers six hundred and eighteen k. Um, so very affordable. Um, he's playing Adelaide in round one. Um, he's one percent owned. He's heading to a new team where, like you say, um, they've bulked up on this for a reason because they want the premiership this year. And Isaac Smith's still got some run in him. Um, and he can go at an out. So he's priced at an average of eighty. He can go at an average of high eighties quite easily. Yeah. Which gives him an increase there. I don't know. He might be another one of those non-sexy picks that's going to go reasonably well for you. I just, I just don't feel good doing it. Yeah, I'm. I again, I, I don't particularly like it, but I consider it. Um, it's, it's an interesting one, and I do love the Adelaide matchup as well. I could see him just running rings around people and getting thirty touches on his debut match. Yeah, Bro- um, Brody looks pained thinking about this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Um, any PODs from you, bro? No, honestly, I, I'm really finding a hard time with the forward line. I don't like any of the options. Um, no for me. Fair enough. Um, how much money have you guys got left in your teams after all $22, of that? $22,000. Uh, one twenty. I'm on 232 so oh, I've got go. quite a bit oh, to play you with. Yeah, That's why you, you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> job. Bloody job. <laughs> 232k sitting in the bank. Um, well, I, I, no, I think... It's worth pointing out because I think my forward line is clearly the weakest of ours, yeah. and my midfield is probably the weakest as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, I was wondering where some of that cash went, but that's you know, so I can play around. That's a decent, and upgrade. I don't have to completely change structure. Mm-hmm. All right, I think on that note, Matt gloating about his bank funds at well, the moment. He does that in real life too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you so much to everyone out there tuning in. We really appreciate it and we're looking forward to diving into some new podcasts this year. Uh, you're calling a timeout over there, Matt, for some reason. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, is this where I announce my imminent departure? It is where you announce your imminent departure, right, yes. So I guess we cut out, the, we don't even worry about the timeout. I'll just do it <laughs> off the cuff. Uh, so yeah, so just for any listeners out there, this will be my last regular podcast um, on the extended bench, uh, just because I'm finding it very difficult to balance the rest of my life with the time commitments for this, and I don't want to do it without giving it the time that it's uh, it deserves. Uh, so thanks for having me on the, the show for the last few years, and uh, all the best to everyone on your season out there. Absolutely. And uh, you you will be ju- jumping in and joining us every now and then. That's the plan. Um, That's the but, plan. Uh, but of course, it won't be the regular uh, Matt sitting across the desk every single week like you normally are. So thanks for being part of the podcast for so long uh, as a regular. Um, and we'll have regular guests floating through now and then. Uh, but my voice is the one that you'll, uh, you'll be hearing mostly. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting into a new style of the podcast this year and seeing what we can do out there to help everyone with their fantasy choices. So uh, just for this podcast in particular, Brody, thanks so much for joining us. No worries at all. It's been a pleasure. It's been brilliant. Yeah. No, thanks for jumping on board and uh, look forward to jumping into some more spicy fantasy podcasting throughout the year. So good luck with your choices. Good luck with your drafting if you're doing it, everyone. And we'll see you for season 2021.